0: Give me my theme music.
1: It's KKFN and KKFN HD One Longmont <smart> Denver.
2: The five o'clock whistle, powered by Smart Local Union Nine Sheet Metal Workers. Yeah, on second down, off the play fake. Look at the throw again. Pumps once, throws on the run, passes. Three the 41-yard line, Brandon Johnson. Now P-Ride to catch the football, he's in the backfield, off the play fake to him, Wilson looking toward the end zone, trying to get away from Crosby, back to the end zone, touchdown Broncos! It's L.J. Humphrey! He's from the right hash mark, that's where he prefers, high snap handled well, kick is on its way, end over end, no good, off to the right. Here's Sims, problems, a snap, loose ball, who's got it? And Colorado says they have it, and they do. down at 10 of the 29. Another fumble. Sims
0: coughs it up again. Holy Chicago. Jeff Sims
2: got it up. And Colorado finally on the board. Sims gives it up. Whoa, what a tackle. Jordan Dominic Sanders winding up.
0: He's got it!
2: Sanders in trouble. Fires. Open. Caught. Jadour Sanders. Under pressure. Bounces. Takes his time. Guns it. Touchdown Beginning. Buffaloes. Xavier Weaver. Colorado Buffaloes are starting to find their mojo.
0: Give me
1: my theme music. Here we go, Colorado. It's a mixed bag. Mm. It's a mixed bag on this Monday, but... It's an
3: uncharted territory here for us, isn't it?
1: It me my theme music.
3: Dance straight peg.
1: On one hand, you know it just wasn't great, that's for sure. The right hash mark. That's where he prefers. Nice well. snap is on its way. End over at no good. Off to the right. I mean, that's on one hand, but on the other hand, what are we talking about? Getting a second win, grateful,
3: appreciative of it. But you know, whenever you coming off a high like. As in, we're winning, everybody's talking about us and stuff like that. We got to be able to lock in and stay focused. So that's really where the second game came in to where we're able, okay,
2: we won. Everybody's talking about Colorado. Everybody don't believe us. Now they're believing and stuff like that. So now we got to be consistent. And then you got Russell Wilson. No, not
1: necessarily. I I think the best thing we can do is make one one more play. You know, and I think that gives us a chance. The conundrum we have here. The conundrum we have. I called it the Wilson conundrum at denversports.com, and that is when you fix Russell Wilson. When you fix Russell Wilson, is he now fixed? Meanwhile, you see what's happening in Boulder. And Prime tells this story. One
2: of the funniest moments in the darn game after Shador took his helmet off after he made the tremendous scramble. It was like a Heisman type play. And I went over and said, You cannot do that. You cannot take your helmet off. He said, Dad, it's personal. And I just laughed, I just bent over and laughed my butt off because it was in the moment and I was really upset. And he broke, he, he broke the monotony up with his personal. So they really took it to heart.
0: Give me my theme music. And that's what we got,
1: man. We got this crazy juxtaposition today. I wish we didn't. I wish we could come rolling in today and say rivalry was a smashing success. That you smash the corn, you smash the, the Raiders. We just smashed on everything. But that didn't happen, although the opportunity was there. So, Matt, if we're juxtaposing these two teams,
3: where are they? Where's CU right now, and where are the Broncos? Well, if you're asking me where CU is right now, my answer is we're here, right? That's what Coach Prime would tell you. The Buffs have arrived on the national scene. The goal of hiring Coach Prime was to bring this program eventually back to relevance, Price said, no, 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 I want to win now. And we all before the year said, okay, of course you want to win now. But it's 1-11, a brand new operation. Now they had a lot of talent, Mac, and they had a heck of a quarterback. That's one thing that we knew heading into the year. We knew offensively they'd have firepower. But to be this resilient, that's a team that has really impressed me in Boulder with their resiliency. They've taken shots and fired back and didn't blink. The Broncos... When you, when you give the Broncos a good a, a good shot here, you, you, you hit them at the knees, you bring them down, they're struggling to get back up, and they have for seven years, man. They have. You can't overcome mistakes. You're looking at a team that has margin for error, and you're looking at another team that doesn't. Now, your margin for error changes given the quality of your opponent, but the Broncos weren't playing a great opponent, man. That's the Raiders. They're not going to be a great football team. I didn't see the
1: Broncos flying around and playing loose. I saw a team that started off with energy because the crowd was magnificent. The stadium was spectacular. It was actually kind of great weather because it was it was right where you needed to be in the 60s and overcast. You really don't want to be out there burning up in 90-degree sunshine. You don't.
3: I thought it was a great day for football. I great thought,
1: football I weather. Totally day. agree. And, and I think you caught a little bit of a break, too. Boy, did it look good on TV at CU. Oh, my God, did that look glorious. And the reviews are in, and it's overwhelmingly positive. Prime said he slept in his office because he wanted to see the stadium fill up from nothing to to what it was. He slept in his office. And then what I love, too, because, man, I've been lucky enough to be in the passenger seat with my son after a game where I'm singing along to his music and not that his, it's only his music could be my music too. But you want to talk about cringe moments when like your kid is into a song that dad is into too and I saw that video of of Dion riding with Shador.
3: That was, yeah, that was from the summer. I just thought, oh, that was from the summer? Yeah, they reposted it. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. I was a little fooled by that then, yeah, man. Yeah. I was a little fooled by that. Yeah, it was from the summer where they're riding around in Shador. That was right when Shador just got his brand new Maybach and he was taking dad All for a ride. Right, same, same
1: spirit, though. Same spirit that, you know, um, you're with your son, it's after a game, you're just hanging out together. And I, I saw, I heard Dion talk about um, how much pride he has that they're making money for Boulder, that they're bringing attention to Boulder, that as an African American coach, um, that you're hopefully going to inspire more attendance to Boulder. I think that's something. See, you could do a lot better on. I hope that happens. It'd be it'd make the university a much much better place. I just am so. And he talks about being a dad. And, I, I mean, I'm just blown away by Prime. I'm just blown away by him. He is going to increase not only wins on the field, but money in the pockets of local merchants, businessmen. The I, A good friend of mine, uh, Josh, who is trying to brainwash his teenager into going to CU, says he's absolutely, she's being absolutely influenced by what she's seeing at CU right now. And she could go to a bunch of different schools And he's saying it's working its magic with her recently. Well, I mean, how is that translating around the country, Matt, when you have a game with CU that
3: outdrew on TV Texas, Alabama? Over 10 mil. Over 10 mil. (laughs) What are we doing here? How about this? So CU Basketball had a four-star center recruit in for the game. They got him on national television with Spencer Dinwiddie and Derek White pointing to him, two NBA alum of your program. He committed today. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. He wasn't the only. Listen, I saw Colin Gillespie, Peyton
1: Watson, and Catavius uh, uh, at the game as well. Oh, yeah. I mean.
3: Everybody you know, wants a little bit of a the vibe. Uh,
1: you're, you're, there's T.O. There's Michael Irvin. There's the Stephen A. was I mean, is running out of the locker
3: room with the team.
1: Kevin Garnett was on the sideline? What? I didn't know that, really. KG was there? Yeah, he came. He came. I had no idea Did Kevin they show Garnett him on TV? There. I they haven't heard that, that TV? from anybody.
3: No, no. No, but there are guys that say K G K. So all right, well, I heard some crazy rumors the night before about who was supposed to show up, and I don't think they ever. Dude, Wu Tang Clan was there. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, what I heard was like makes Wu Tang Wu Tang Clan look like small potatoes. So I'm curious to see what happens this weekend because everybody's coming to town. It's a party. Like now, we'll see how things happen. When you get to Oregon, you start playing some of these bigger schools, and that was what Gavin was calling to talk to us about. Like, hey, man, enjoy your wins over TCU and Nebraska and CSU. We'll see what happens with Oregon and USC. Gavin, buddy, and everybody like that, it don't matter.
1: Okay, so how do you translate this to the Broncos? How do you take all of the positives that Prime has done, all of that energy, which is just, I mean, guys, come on. It is next level. How do you
3: get that translated to the Denver Broncos? How do you do it if you're Sean Payton? Bring in some talent. I think that w- that would help. I think that that was a big big. Well, you're gonna have to away. move on from George Payton then. Oh yeah. I mean, why did why is he stopping? We talked
1: about I, it during not, that press conference. I'm not quite sure, but and and I I like George. I think he's a good dude. I think it was just I'm, too much change. I'm not anti George Payton, but. How in the world could the cupboard be so bare of playmakers at this point of the season? How in the world could we have the quarterback who we have, who's lost weight, looks better, Mark Schlereth, is you know, and you get a lesser result than Nathaniel Hackett? I mean, how is that possible? They averaged sixteen point nine last year with with arguably the worst coach of all time. Almost made it there. So, so I heard from you know, via Jared Bell at USA Today out of Sean Payne's mouth, you average less points than the worst coach in the world. Now, I get it. You can't make extra points for your kicker. But it was but, the one you picked. But, bro, you traded for him. <laughs> yeah. And I told you they have drafted the NFL five kickers in the past three years. There were five kickers worthy of a draft pick, and you spent a draft pick on Will Lutz.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know what else to say. If if you spend that kind of capital
3: on that particular position, he can't miss an extra point. Today is our today for Denver Media is our I told you so moment for Sean Payton. I couldn't tell you anybody in this town who thought moving on from BMAC was a good idea. Nobody. Our senior
1: Broncos writer, Andrew Mason, joins us. Presented Amazing. by Matthew's Fine Watches and Jewelry. I hear from Scott Matthew all the time. Scott, I love you, buddy. And I'm so happy that you're on board with us with Andrew Mason. That is awesome. Uh, speaking of Rolexes, how about Shador showing uh, the uh, – Flashing the rolex Oh, my God. All right, Mace, what time is it for the Broncos? What are we looking at here, my friend? Like What time? Is that what you said? What time is it? Is it anxious time, worry time, settle down time? What time is it for the
0: Denver Broncos? They lost by one point on a missed extra point in week one, and there are 16 games to go. I'd say it's settle down time.
1: Settle down time. Okay, so what was the vibe today from Sean Payton?
0: I mean, he kind of, it was interesting because he hit on some of the stuff that I was talking about uh, last night on social media as far as the pace of the game and how you know you had a limited amount of possessions just because of how things flowed uh, you know only six possessions for the Broncos seven for the Raiders and one of them was a one play kneel out at the end of the first half and what but the thing is what that does is it, it, it shrinks your margin for error right when you have long series and and they're they're pretty drawn out it means you've got to maximize them when you're when you've got the ball and you've got to minimize the success of the opponent when they don't, the Broncos didn't do enough of that. I mean, it was, so, I mean, I thought he was pretty kind of matter of fact and rational about things. And uh, I would even say the same, the same vibe came from, uh, came through with my JP Ryan and Josie Jewell when they hopped on the conference calls about uh, three hours later.
3: Macy had a lot of reasons for optimism. I saw on social media and your stand up report. Talk to me about what you felt like was different year over year, Mace. What what left you feeling optimistic and hopeful that the Broncos will continue building blocks based upon what we saw, unlike what they did last year where it was kind of just all the same? I
0: thought their process was better um, in general. I mean, let's take the on-site kickoff, for example, right? I That, that comes down to an error of execution on the part of, Tremont Smith, just touching it a smidgen too soon. But the idea of it, and Peyton talked a little bit about this today, that you know, they saw, and, or pardon me, Joseph Gould talked about it, where you've got one of the guys who's on that first line for the, the Raiders who you know, was dropping back to the block a, a little bit sooner, uh, than, and that created that create an open spot there. I mean, I thought the, the thought that went into that decision the thought process was extremely sound. You just got to kind of get, you know, obviously have it executed just a a little bit better there. But I like the approach that went into that. Uh, And also the other thing I liked is think of of what they were working on every day in training camp. Probably more than most teams. They were working on two minutes. Day in and day out. And even when they were in, even when they weren't in two minutes, they were working on, you know, getting the, getting things in fast, getting to the line of scrimmage quickly, getting things set up, streamlining and making that entire process more efficient. And then you, you go out there and in two minutes at the end of the first half, it worked exactly as it was supposed to work. And even though they weren't getting a lot of explosive plays on that drive because they were so efficient in how they went about their operation particularly between snaps that allowed them to maximize the opportunity and turn it into a a touchdown and I and that's the sort of thing that last year was completely lacking in terms of how they, they went about things so what I liked is the fact that they emphasized something that they believe is a very important part of the game, and it is, and that's two minutes. They, they drilled it. They put in the time. They worked on it to a great extent. And you could see the product of that work paying off tangibly when they had that touchdown at the end of the first half. And I would say, okay, to me, that, that, that should show every guy in the locker room that, hey, you know what? We put the work in, we keep we keep drilling this and getting and getting better at specific aspects. This thing is going to come around and it is going to succeed. And so to me, I, I was really heartened by that. And I was heartened also by Russell Wilson and how and, and how he was taking what was there. You know, he had a lot of shell covers. They were giving up the underneath stuff, and he wasn't trying to force it. He just, you know, the old cliche, you can't go broke taking a profit. And he was doing that and making good decisions and looking very crisp and on rhythm. There were the signs that showed me that long-term this is going to work. All right,
1: appreciate it, Mace. Loved your article today at denversports.com. Uh, the quote that you went back and talked to Justin Simmons about, how to, you know, change the culture. It's difficult when you've never been part of a winning culture. The numbers about their record in, in one-score games, extraordinary stuff, great research, well-written. And as always, we thank you, Andrew Mason. Thank you, pal. Thanks, Appreciate buddy. it. My pleasure, fellas. Andrew Mason, thanks to Matthew's fine watches and jewelry. Let me read you the quote of Justin Simmons last November 20th. A big talk we have recently is culture. As players take onus, it's year seven for me. This is last November, so year eight now. Coach Hackett is my fourth head coach, and that is just wild to think about. Agreed. And there's so much turnover. Everyone wants to point the blame on certain people. I was just having a talk with a lot of the guys that have been here, the select few that have been here over the years, and we talk about culture. We have a tight-knit group, but there's something not going right, obviously. It's our job, my job, a guy that's been here now for a while to figure it out. Well, this is a difficult thing to do, Matt, when it's your job to figure it out. But what experience do you have? Right now, the guy on the team that's kind of figured it out the most, I guess, is Frank Clark. But Clark and what, 25 snaps, something like that? No pass rush at all from the Broncos very little pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, no sacks whatsoever, and Clark in more of a support sort of role. I mean, I think the leaders on the team, like Simmons or Patrick Sertan, certainly they've won in the past in college, but they actually don't know what it's like to win in the pros. Not really. Not yet. The guy that knows how to win, theoretically, is Russell Wilson. So in those moments... Matt, those moments at the end of games for this team, my man, if you're in a one-score game, brother, you got to go for it. I know you didn't like the onside kick. You were just like, hey, a little bit too much. You know, a little too soon, a little too much. Don't help him out. I disagree with you that, respectfully. Right. Respectfully disagree. Mark Schlereth, who knows a lot about football, takes my side, not yours. Does he? I couldn't get that from that text. Hmm. I'm not sure. We're gonna teach him how to use a phone. That being said, it's not enough just to be aggressive at one point of the game, Matt. In my opinion, you got to ooze that, and that's what CU does so well. It is so consistent. Like when they have a fourth down at the 50 yard line, I don't. Th- they're going for it. Are you kidding me? You think they care about field possession? Field position? No, 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 no. We're going to keep the ball. We're definitely going to go for
3: it. They have an explosive enough offense to make up for some of those mistakes. The Broncos don't. The Broncos was, don't have that margin see, for error. He was
1: converting on third downs and fourth downs and taking those chances. And, yeah, hot garbage is the way Prime described it in the first half. There's so many things they can clean up and be better at, which is scary, considering that was not a great game by them. It wasn't. It wasn't a good and game by them. And look what they did. Yeah, they played really well. Drew was sending me snarky texts left and right because I said they were going to roll Nebraska, and all of a sudden I'm getting, well, getting Snark from Drew. See, that's about Drew's buff
3: cynicism just kicking in from the years. You just eventually, you're like, something's going to happen.
1: I said I thought they were going to roll Nebraska, and you know what a 22-point victory is? You just rolled, and let's throw away that garbage.
3: Touchdown at the end. Touchdown at the end. How about the fact that the officials just called off the game with a second to go? We got up into the press room up there, and I said, wait, they scored? They were like, oh, yeah, they got in the end zone. We were like, oh, great. Yeah, I mean, totally. And we also found out the name of the
1: backup quarterback for CU. Ryan Staub. Hello there. Hello, Ryan Staub. He's related
3: to Rusty. so a reference for everybody over 50. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about for the Buffs when I was watching that TCU game? Eventually, down in Fort Worth, I said, all right, you gave them a hell of a fight, but eventually you're going to break. They never broke. Against Nebraska, it got to the point where I'm not even worried about them breaking. I'm like, how are you going to get out of this situation? I know you're getting out of it. How are you getting out of it? But for me to have that mentality shift year over year, I mean, it's massive change. And I think about it for the Broncos, right? You think, well... In years past, okay, eventually, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, eventually you guys are going to break down. You got a 21 to 13 lead. Eventually this game's going to get close. With Russell, I don't even know how to feel. Like, okay. I, I could have sworn that this, the biggest difference, the biggest difference
1: was going to manifest itself late in that game. But instead, you know what we got? I, I'll, I'll never forget the times that Kyle Orton was the starting quarterback for the Broncos. So Orton did have an ability to throw the ball. He definitely was NFL-level uh, arm talent. But there was just something so schleppy about Orton <laughs> that you felt if he got the ball at the 50-yard line, this, something was going to uh, just... Shlubby, yeah, yeah. Shlubby and schleppy. Yep. He, he's the most schlebiest, schlubbiest... Schlebiest and schleppy. dude in terms <laughs> of just his, 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 uh, the way he comported himself and his attitude. You just had no beliefs that anything positive was going to happen. I'll give you what's nuts... At least with Tebow, who we know couldn't throw the ball into the ocean from the beach at high tide. You just had a feeling that for that one magical year, that with three minutes to go, four, something was going to happen. And listen, if you're down even by a point with five to go and you got Tebow, I mean, you're going to go for it. Because what the hell? You're on. You're on borrowed time and money, anyways.
3: There's only one person who carries the ball
1: right yeah, here, man. Like, let's go. That's Tebow, man. And if 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 the Broncos, magic. if the Broncos and Sean Payton are not going to embrace
3: that this year, it's going to be like Angry Joe Flacco. What are we doing here? But you got to have the magic. You can't just find it out of nowhere. Like, what's different? You keep asking me what's different between the Broncos, and the Buffs. Sean Payton isn't prime. Like, yeah, they both are pretty arrogant, but Prime's got some swag and some cool to him, and he'll back it up. Sean just kind of wants to hit you over the head with how great he is. Like, hey, 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 aren't I great? Aren't I g- hey, D-Mac, D-Mac, aren't I good? Tell me I'm good.
1: All right. <laughs> That's what it is, man. I mean. It's not the I, same. He I, has no if, swag. If, if you don't get the best out of your players, maybe you're not a great coach because at the end of the day, it's about what you collectively do, not who you are as an individual. I, I, but if I'm, you want to take the shine and take the attention off your players and put it on your shoulders, fine, but somehow that's got to translate. And somehow, I did ask Sean Payton today. I did ask him. I said, because I, I remember the, the Wickersham article where he was, he was upset that his team didn't show more heart. So I said, well, how do you think they bounced back in that game and what are you expecting? And he said, well, I thought we showed a lot of grit and I'm confident that they will. You know, it was kind of a mamby-pamby answer, to be honest with you. You know, it was it, it was kind of letting his guys off the hook. You know, they showed a lot of grit. Really? You sure? Are you sure about that? Where, where was the grit on that final drive when you had the ball? Where was the grit on defense? Where was the grit not getting a stupid penalty to extend drives? Where Where was the grit? I mean, I don't know, Matt. I think anybody could sort of play hard in the first three quarters and and three-and-a-half quarters. Grit?
3: Nah, come on, man. But you keep talking about how you think they were going to get the ball back after they punted it away, and I think that's fair. But the difference between CU, in my opinion at least, and what the Broncos are doing is nobody believed that at TCU up until the point where they actually did it. It's going to be the same thing with the Broncos. Nobody's going to believe you up until the point that in a big moment you rise to the occasion. Russell plays like the guy you traded and paid him to be, and Sean coaches is like the guy that you traded and paid him to be. It's just so wild that we're seeing this
1: crazy juxtaposition in this state at the same time, and I wish we were talking about how both teams were rolling. It would feel a lot better. But the Broncos have plenty of chances to turn it around. The, 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 the concept that this was a must win, had to win, got to win, the season's over. Come on now, man. And and at the same time, Matt, if you just want to sit there and say, hey, Russ was a lot better and that was okay and I'm really happy with the way things are going, that's not right either. That's not right either. You shouldn't be jumping off a ledge, nor should you be sucking on helium from a balloon. You've got to find an answer where true grit is expressed by the will of the coach to get the best out of his players.
0: Give me my team music.
1: I want to salute Husky kids everywhere. You have a hero who plays football in Colorado. Details next.
2: It's Reaction Monday, powered by Superbook Sports. Here's the drive. Love uh, our friends at Superbook
1: Sports. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're down at Mile High Station with them yesterday. Myself and Mike Evans for like eleventh, twelfth year in a row, something like that. It's crazy. You guys kiss and make now. up? Oh, we're we're buds. Are you? We're buds. Yeah. Well, here's what really why we're buds. Because Mike's a husky guy, even though of course uh, he, lo- hey man, I got it, I got he it. put in the work. Once you're a husky guy, you're always a husky guy, and I want to salute husky football players everywhere, and including our guy Mark Schlereth who of course is a slim down version of his former husky self but I don't think we had a better husky moment in college football than at Colorado Mesa as they were playing University of San Diego where my my lifelong friend of my son's Chase Lyons plays for the uh, Toreros the Toreros. Yes, yeah, so it was it was hard to see a a buddy of mine the great Chase Lyons out of Smoky Hill High School be the victim to this husky moment of the year but when they had a trick play there with uh, Colorado Mesa and USD, the ball was pitched backwards. And at that point, it, everything got messed up. And our guy, Cooper Mumford, without his sons, scooped the ball up as a six foot four, 275 pound 18 year old. can go one of two ways. You can go up or you can go down at that, that weight and that size. Picks the ball up. Rumbling, stumbling, fumbling, flips the ball knowing the rules and that he's allowed to pass because the ball went backwards and he was behind the line of scrimmage. Flipped a touchdown pass to wide open Keenan Brown. Mark Schlereth, I don't know if you've seen this highlight, but to see somebody 6'4", 275, scoop a ball up with the dexterity of a dancing bear and flip a touchdown pass... It was a husky, husky man moment of history that I'm sure you could appreciate.
2: I I certainly did. As a matter of fact, Peyton Manning sent me to play. He uh, he texted oh. it to me, and then Daddy. I said to Peyton, I said to Peyton, I go, we ought to put that in the 12 uh, year old program. We ought to put that in our play sheet. And so uh, I go, I know our guy uh, Nick can operate that. He could he could execute that play. So. Yes, uh, we we have we have discussed putting that play in the playbook uh, to add to the hundred and forty some plays we have for twelve year olds right now. Uh, we should catch up on all the football. How how was uh how did everything go for uh, Peyton Manning's crew over the weekends? Uh, it was a thirty six nothing beat down oh. of the next team we lined up against. Uh, yeah, you know, I I, I would imagine. I don't know. Maybe the kids get excited. I don't know about me, but you're, you know, you're competing against fate. Manning teams. I'm the, I'm one of the old line coaches, uh, myself and Sam Jones. And then Terrell Davis, I don't know. Maybe you've heard of him. He's the running back. coach. <laughs> That's so. ridiculous. Wow. It's
1: ridiculous.
2: <laughs> How old are these kids? <laughs> twelve. Oh my they're, Lord. That's twelve. it's stupid. Uh, yeah, but our play sheet, we had, uh, two Saturdays ago. I wasn't at this Saturday's game. Obviously I was in the nation's capital getting ready to call a game, but, uh, we had 127 plays on the play sheet. I think we ran just about every one of them. <laughs> wow. um, so, yeah, it is it is insane. It's, it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I, I think Peyton doesn't have that 20% button. It's a 100% or nothing button oh, that's so funny. Uh, in pretty much everything the guy does. Have
3: you had a chance to go back through the All-22 yet and break the film down, Mark?
2: Oh yeah, I get it. I get the film every every pra- every practice is taped. Every game <laughs> oh my is taped. God, yes, I love we it. we get the whole we get the whole kit and caboodle.
0: I absolutely love.
2: All
1: it.
3: right, um, what what are you upset with Matt about? Because you sent Matt a text. Are about- you upset or are you or you or you not? We no, couldn't quite determine.
2: No, no, no. I'm not upset at all. I just I was with Matt. I didn't like the onside kick simply because I'm like kick it deep. It's so hard to go a full field, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played pretty much the entirety of the preseason. Remember, he had the injury, so he wasn't mm. even cleared, um, you know, when they went to training camp to play. So my thought was pin him down deep. And, you know, I mean, I know you said, hey, 13-10, to 10, we already had the lead, so what does it matter? Well, what if it was 13-3? to 3? Right. Does that change the second half? Does it change the way it looks? So I just, you know, I just didn't like, I just did not like, uh, come out of the gate with the onside kick. Hey, listen, if you can shut them down, and maybe you put your first drive up for a touchdown, and then you come out with that on that scouted look. Right? Uh, maybe that's a different. Maybe that's a different thing. And and I, I do agree with you on this, D Mac. Hey, I love the play call if it works, but it didn't work, so it sucked. Um, <laughs> but I just don't like giving away the momentum. I, I I know how hard it is, especially early in the season, to put seven, eight, nine plays together and and make a scoring drive. Uh, it's a really difficult thing to do without shooting yourself in the foot, especially early in the season. So I just thought it was—I just thought it was one of those kind of ill-advised. We're here, and uh, you know, let's let's go out here and show you that we're here. And I, I just didn't care for it.
1: Boy, you're getting worked over a little bit by the Zookley Show, and perhaps some uh, you know mischievous people later on in the day. But are you sure things look better for the Broncos? Are, uh, where where is your optimism stemming from at this point?
2: Well, I thought that's the best I've seen Russell Wilson play since he got here. Yeah. And that's – I mean, that – and it and it hasn't been close. Um, the timing, the execution, doing the things that he can do well, getting him outside the pocket, you know, having half-field reads, eliminating some of that kind of side-to-side portion of the reads, letting it be all front in front of him, linear, you know, just flooding one side of the zone. I thought – and I thought he pulled the trigger. I thought he threw the ball exceptionally well. Yeah, but all right,
1: Mark, he was he was 17 of 19 in the first half. I mean, okay. He ended up 27 of 34, but it's 5.2 per. And when it mattered the most, and I get it, they only had six possessions, but on the final possession it was three and out. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying, okay, are we just talking about a low bar last year and a little bit better this year or are we talking about a performance that was legitimately solid?
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, legitimately it was a legitimately uh, solid. Oh, god, that's easy for me to say. <laughs> a legitimately solid performance um, that you can really build on. And and listen, I get the three and out. I get the three and out at the end. You know, defensively, you gave a long touchdown to Jimmy Garoppolo, and then you know with five minutes left, you had two timeouts and uh, the two minute warning, yep. and you can't get off the field. That's you know that's again that's pathetic, and that's on the defense, but offensively, I was very encouraged by the way Russell Wilson and the offense plays. And listen, man, it a normal game is 12 to 13 possessions, right. any normal game. You score 50% of your possessions. You're going to, you're going to average 26 to 35 points a game. So, and you're not going to score, you know, on 50% of your possessions, but um, in that particular game, you make the 55 yard field goal, which come on in Denver, Colorado, you know, they're, they're bragging on him hitting 70-yarders in pregame. Right. I don't care about pregame field goals. When I played at the University of Idaho, we had a guy that was the best practice punter in the nation. Uh, he got in the games, and he sucked. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want. I don't care about the wow. pregame. you got to hit that. And if you hit it, now you've scored on four or six possessions. Um, it's pretty damn good as an offense. It's pretty
1: damn good. All right, we salute Husky people everywhere um, for throwing touchdown passes and having yeah. uh, uh, just amazing talent. And where are you this week? Oh, you, you saw Washington. I watched that game today. Uh, or highlights, yeah. detailed highlights. That was highlights. a slog, Mark. Um, you know, Montez Sweat and that front seven, yikes. Yeah, bro. they're no joke. For for the Commanders,
2: damn. Dude, let me let me tell you something. They've got two of the best, maybe the best tandem of inside players in the National Football League, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Deron Payne is unblockable um he is a a full-grown man sweat can really play uh you know uh chase chase young was hurt so chase young wasn't able to uh, to start but they they've got a great rotation great rotation up front that they're really good on the back end um corner to corner and and their safeties very good players that's a legit defense now a legit defense so um we're about ready to find out. Sam Howell didn't play great. Um, offensively, they didn't play great, but that defense, we're going to have a challenge. The Broncos will have a huge challenge Sunday against Washington.
1: Hey, did you have a chance to hang out with the new owner Josh Harris at all? No, I did. I did with
2: um, I, I did with Magic Johnson. Oh, okay. just uh, Magic, huh?
1: Yeah. Well, I, they're so going through to, they're going through a massive culture shift there. That's why I'm asking. Oh, Can you
2: feel it it? it? it was unbelievable. Hey, listen, Dmac, I've probably done six. Uh, six Washington, you know Washington football team slash Commanders games. I called them Redskins on the broadcast for the first time ever in all the games I've done, and it was be- it was literally because it was like playing there in the nineties. Okay, wow. it was like okay. playing there in ninety one. It was Billy Kilmer was there, Sonny Jurgensen was oh, there, nice, nice. Joe Seisman was there, Mark Mosley was there, Charles Mann was there. Like it, it was a cavalcade of who's who former Redskins. They they brought them out, they introduced, like people were going crazy. It was was one of the most crazy atmospheres. And it reminded me of being an old RFK, and I got lost in a little nostalgia because it was like old RFK. The fans were absolutely beside themselves with excitement. And when I talked to Magic, he's like, hey, listen, man, you know, we got a lot of work to do to become a a really good franchise, but we're going to engage and we're going to connect with our fans. That's our number one uh, our number one priority as ownership is to connect with this group of fans because this is a great, not a good, but a great group of fans that have been starved for, you know, a good football team for a long time.
1: All right, keep coaching up those um, scrappy underdogs there with uh, Peyton's team and um, <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll listen to you in the morning.
1: Thank you, thank you, Thanks, Mark. Thanks,
2: Mark. All right, guys, be good. Appreciate
1: right. it, buddy. Yeah, you know what we're facing now, the Broncos are facing now, a team that's got that emotional role, that belief, that just they got they got some mojo. That Mark's describing, man, they got some mojo going.
3: Still, These, Sam Howell, uh, we'll pump the. Gotta watch their defense. Oh, I'm I know their about, defense. We're we'll, we'll into
1: it as the week goes on, but when I'm watching that, I'm like, oh my god! Like, okay, that's interesting. It's a coin flip game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a coin flip game with a team that's got some solid mojo. On their side, so what could that mean for the Broncos? Details
2: next. It's Reaction Monday, powered by SuperBook Sports. Here's the drive. D, the D D D
1: D Mac and uh, Matt Smith and let's see Rooftop looking great. Gotta get that beard taken care of, Rooftop though. Got KJ.
0: Tomorrow
1: morning, <laughs> long overdue, but it'll feel good.
3: It'll feel. It'll be like being a sheep getting sheared. Fantastic. Are you a big fan of going to a barber, like full service? I am. Sit down for a I shave. Am. I don't
1: do it that often because it's such an indulgence. But no, I'm a huge fan of that. I mean, how much huge of an indulgence
3: fan. is it really? It
1: mean, can't like be what, more than what ten bucks. Oh no, you drop a couple coin. You, you do. Do couple. you? Oh yeah, doing that. Did you say $10? That's I don't know. A, a what year is it? I
3: don't know, 1970. We're, are we getting haircuts in the throw Great the, Depression? Throw the guy a sawbuck and walk out the whistle while you walk out the door. Sawbuck.
1: Yeah. Are you, you going to start whistling a Narlo a, a Guthrie song in I a second? I was thinking
3: about the Andy Griffith Show theme song.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, thank you to our great friends at Del Frisco's. The food was absolutely delicious. If you got a special event or any, any event, you can have a hamburger in a steakhouse, and it's super. But the seafood is great as well, and we love it. So it helped brighten our skies on a, on a cloudy day, as the as mm-hmm. I once heard. And thank you to Del Frisco's. They do such a great job. We love them. I-25 and Orchard, they're also in Cherry Creek. I would be absolutely remiss if I didn't mention the anniversary of 9-11 today. And um, uh, I just want to salute first responders and and people that – you know, sort of remembered. And and I I understand that if, if it's a little bit too old for you or back in the day, you've heard more about it than, than you went through it. And I definitely understand that, but it's just one of those times that, um, you know, it's not that you want, it's not some sort of celebration, obviously, but it's a day of remembrance that I think is of course, worthy enough to be mentioned and remembered about. And so, I just want to throw in my two cents there as we talk mostly about sports, but for me on a personal level, Matt, the most impactful day ever of my radio career was when I was on the air with Willie and Mark Stout on KVPI, and um, we were talking about it because there was the, the incident, there was a TV on, and we actually saw the second plane crash into one of the Twin Towers live on the air. I was on the radio when that happened. And it just is, there's just nothing to compare to. I mean, nothing in the world to compare to being on the radio when that was actually happening. So it feels like it was yesterday and I know it feels like a million years ago all at the same time. But um, on this day of remembrance, it's just time to to give thanks for things that you got good in your life, right? Well said. On that note, we'll leave it alone. We have tremendous, like a, Adam Schefter wasn't lying about the weather in New Jersey right now. Oh, no, it's pouring. So we'll see what that does
3: to the Bills and the Jets game. But um, yeesh. I think we're on track to play. Aaron Rodgers and Jake Paul are handshake. Paul. Jake, Paul, Jake Paul and Aaron Rodgers. There's a Jake match Paul. made in heaven. Yeah, Jake Paul. Aaron Rodgers and Jake Paul. Yeah. Ahead of the game. Dapping up. Okay. Jake Paul. And then Kevin from the office. So it was Jake Paul and then Kevin from The Office. All right. Well, Bills. Wait. Bills win or lose. Aaron Rodgers in his home debut. What are we feeling? I think
1: that's a great question. I'll, I I will take the uh, Jets in this one, mm. and I will uh, the Bills will rebound. I I do fear the Bills had their window, and that window may be closed. But at the end of the day, I'll take the home team, despite the fact so many road teams actually did win. But who cares what my opinion is? I didn't win pick them. Yeah, that's right.
3: Yeah, I'm not in first place. That's right. Again, just like I left off. What's your pick? Oh, I got Buffalo tonight. Buffalo. Everybody's everybody's down on the Bills, and just when they're down, you can't count them out. Josh Allen, Monster Night.
1: Well, me and Zach Bies' Bills battle it out, and uh, I'll be happy to see that happen. And you can listen to it right here at Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Monday Night Football is next.